I'm going to get right into it with my dear friend, Ashley Booth, today. Fantastic conversation. I'll fill you in on the end with some things that I got going on uh, for for you guys that like staying up to date with everything. Got to always go to shanemoss.com, check out the new shows that I've added, all that good stuff. I uh, hope you guys are having a great summer. Enjoy today's episode. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Today, I have my dear friend. Uh, I think we're dear friends. Have yeah. we reached the dear friend? Sure, level? why not? Why, why not? <laughs> Ashley <laughs> Booth is joining me. Ashley and I have known each other from... Do you have any clue when you reached out to me to do that show? Uh, uh, it would have been like two years ago or I something I think you like had that. just come through town to do your show here in LA. And yeah. then I was like, wait, you should come and do. Yeah. Or, I, don't, I don't know how we got connected initially. I don't remember but... either. So we were, before hitting record, I was, I was like, how should I introduce you? And I'm also really bad at introductions. So it's always like <laughs> my least favorite part. And then that somehow turned into, I was like, oh, this is a fascinating conversation. <laughs> just talking about how we should introduce you. So I'm just going to hit record and we're just going to sort it out in in uh in front of the world to hear sure let's say it like that <laughs> sure so uh so because one i want to make sure that you're comfortable talking about the things that you want to talk about thank you and uh and so uh so yeah what what um aspects because you've had a interesting life you've done all sorts of uh different things and um and yeah, I think where you start, I do, I do want a little bit of your initial background just sure. because it's kind of unusual. So yeah. <laughs> and I think you and I have a few things in common For in sure. certain yeah. ways too. Yeah. So it, all right, let's do this. <laughs> Give the audience your background as much as you feel like sharing. <laughs> okay. How about that? And, uh, and awesome. then lead up to where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, it's been a circuitous path. <laughs> oh, yes. that's a wonderful word. Circuitous. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start awarding, uh, like little, uh, bonus. I, I should have a word of the podcast. Each, <laughs> How many each times can we use it? Uh, no, just like word of the day, circuitous. <laughs> I forget what the last one was. Anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in school when I was in, college i was studying zoology and philosophy and um and then was working towards getting a degree in marine biology uh so after i left college i went and lived in monterey and went and did a master's degree in physical oceanography so i was studying squid <laughs> in biology and ecology and loving it um and at the same time it kind of in parallel um, right after I left or got out of college, I went to Burning Man for the first time, my first or second year out of college. And that just completely changed my perspective on, uh, a lot of things. So 
You were already doing something cool, which is marine biology. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people's dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, wasn't that what Costanza would lie to tell people that he was a marine biologist oh, I in Seinfeld? I think that is the case. But a lot of people, my girlfriend often is like, I wish I would have done marine biology. That's what a lot of people say. The best <laughs> response that I've ever gotten was like, I love marine biology. Here's my my dolphin tattoo. And I was yeah. like, whoa, I don't need to see that. <laughs> So, but I didn't work with dolphins. I was working with squid, but they're pretty cool too. Yeah. <laughs> then you went to Burning Man. And then I went to Burning Man and uh, yeah, just a pretty, just a really different perspective. Being in science and environmental science, it can be kind of depressing. <laughs> a lot How of the, so? Well, because the environment is getting very oh, yeah. rapidly declined. Oh, because you're just studying you're study- death? Yeah, pretty <laughs> you're much. You're studying the death of the world? Is that, oh, that's depressing to you? Okay, everyone has different sensibilities. Yeah, it was like a, it was a weird being in doing research because it was like, oh man, I'm finding an effect in, in the numbers that I'm seeing, oh, that's cool because I get, you know, be able to publish that there's like something happening. The acidity but, of the but, ocean is, is going to kill us all. But it's Neat. bad thing. So it was just like, <laughs> oh, I don't feel good about this. Uh, so, um, and I actually did my thesis uh, looking at um, oxygen and pH levels in the ocean. So, oh, man. I just hit it out of the park. There, <laughs> <didn't> <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think, you know, I had, there was a bit of a cynicism that I had. Um, I wanted to, you know, get into environmental science because I cared about plants and animals and world and the, the environment really deeply and had always had a really deep connection to, to nature. And my grandfather was a naturalist. And so we just got to natural history museums and aquariums and zoos and just a, a lot around animals and plants and so can i ask you favorite yeah. ocean thing was it the squid or uh, hmm. i'll share mine please it's easy cuttlefish you know that's one of my top ones there's like mm. they're kind of like they're from outer space yeah i like uh, there i mean there's so many weird aliens inside. yeah i never understand why we're like trying to find aliens on outer space it's right. like oh there's there's so many just like in the ocean, super easy to access. Like, yeah, we don't care. You yeah. want to find the ones that you can't find. Yeah, exactly. I always, it's funny how whenever we think of aliens, we always kind of like project them to be bipedal kind of human like shaped right. things. And I was like, look at the diversity of animal life on this planet. Why would an alien necessarily look like a, look like a humanoid? It's, right. It's kind of funny. Right. <laughs> so, uh, hmm, what is my favorite? Um, Animal in the ocean. I'm really gonna put you on the spot. I know. Here. I don't. I'm not good at superlatives. You want? Huh? A few. You can name a few if you okay. like. Okay. I'll I'll loosen up the rule just this once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a really fun experience with a uh, beluga whale working at an aquarium. Oh, they yeah. had them at this aquarium, and they had given them all these. Um, they taught them sign language to a certain extent, mm-hmm. so that when they made a particular hand symbol, they'd make different noises with their. It's called a melon that's on the front of their head. And they would shape the melon in different, and it would make the different sounds. And they're called sea canaries because they make all these radically Ah. different sounds. And their skin is like white rubber. Um, Yeah, when they like press up against the glass, it looks so crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so cool. Uh, Mantis shrimp probably up there too. Mm. Uh, Those things are crazy. They have like, they can see, what are they? I think they have like, we have like what rods and cones in our eyes and they can see like 
minimus this up, but their eyes are amazing. Yeah. They can see like a whole range more of color than we can. Right. And it's um, th- super cool. And they can crack glass with the sound of their, um, they like knock their, I don't know, forearms type things together. And, um, and it just like makes this cavitation and they can crack glass with it. It's crazy. Yeah, plus they look like something you'd see on DMT or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're like in their eyes. Yeah, totally crazy. Uh, all right, well, great answer. Well <laughs> little, done. Little, Congratulations, you won the game. Those are perfect answers. No, I was just, I, I love animals and marine life. Yeah. Uh, so that's a fun tangent. Oh, okay, so. So back, yeah. back to the story. Yeah, going to Burning Man... I'm not I'm I'm not saying this flippantly but this is really what happened but I felt like going there renewed my faith in humanity. Hmm. It was a, a level of community that I had never experienced before and I also experienced MDMA for the first time um out there plus the bird costumes. I mean <laughs> that's That'll give you hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, the, the camp that I went to the first couple of years, the theme was around birds, so you nailed it again. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah. It, um, so, what was your first MDMA experience like? like? Can I, uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad because I was like, oh, I don't know how much I can ask you about this stuff. <laughs> some of Some psychedelic researchers are like, I must never talk about the psychedelics that I have done in my life. Yeah. I am a professional. So yeah. It's, it's well, nice that people get I've already been pretty experience. public about that. So I. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's, I can, you know, I could theoretically be just telling, making up a story right now. Who knows? Sure. My first MDMA <laughs> experience uh, was like a real like kind of keg party situation it's like the you've seen my act i make jokes about that very thing it's because i've been i've done that and that's where that joke comes from so it was like i actually didn't have not that it wasn't fun Mm -hmm. but i didn't have the most positive relationship with mdma because i was just like that's fun like who cares i wasn't Mm -hmm. like learning anything from it because of the environment that i was in yeah but burning man for sure yeah it was the good setting Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah just the few little bits that i remember from that first experience was one like it came on really slow and i was like gosh everyone else seems to be rolling now and then i finally went to the bath like i went to the bathroom and i peed and then like for some reason my body was like holding on to the pee and once it let it go it was like it was high and like a minute. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so then um I think what really came to me was just uh a sense of generosity that I hadn't really felt before, you know. Uh I was never good at sharing when I was a kid. <laughs> um uh, but brave of you to admit. You know, my my brother will tell you. I was like he, he always shared his uh Halloween candy with me and I would never share it with mm-hmm. him. <laughs> but uh through that experience I just felt like connected and wanted to, I don't know. It was just, it was a warm and heartfelt connection that I had never um, been able to, to, to feel quite that deeply before. Um, And, and being able to dance. Uh, I I think I'd always felt a little bit awkward about dancing because I don't have exactly maybe the Beth rhythm or sense of like my ear tuned, you know, but I finally was able to just kind of let go and let the music move me. And it was just a, a such a powerful experience to just be so embodied. And so 
I think it was such a big step for me getting out of my head and being this kind of science, you know, based person into to much more being in my heart and in my body. And so I felt like it really balanced me out. And it was changes that lasted the rest of, you know, up until now. It wasn't just like when I was on the experience. So yeah, I well, I I was excited to have you on. Well, for many reasons, but one is because uh, we ac- actually took way more experiences than one MDMA trip to break open my wicked heart. But <laughs> but uh, we we both come from a pretty skeptical minded mm-hmm. uh, place, mm-hmm. and have also <laughs> had enough experiences to be yeah. like, well, now I'm skeptical of my skepticism. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's really carried over since I was young into everything that I've done is just a really keen sense of curiosity mm-hmm. um you know just exploring nature as a child and and just my my dad's an engineer um and so he has a really keen sense of detail and so just like and he's just really perceptive and i think i picked up some of that from him and um my grandmother um and both my my aunt and uncle um or sorry, my grandmother and my grandfather and my uncle were all photographers. And so had like a keen eye, but from like a artistic perspective. So I think I kind of got both of those. So I'm just really curious and I really notice a lot of things. And so uh, moving forward, it's really, you know, applying that in science and just being, you know, observing and being skeptical and asking a lot of questions and being curious is some of the the main things, tools that you need in, in doing science. And then and getting into to psychedelics, that you know that curiosity has continued to drive me forward, and um, you know both in how they work at all, but also just in my own being, and just I'm like wow, there's a lot in there. I can just kind of keep exploring the the radical hole keeps going and going. Yeah, well, it's also when I, in my experience, having that mindset is, uh, I, I a lot of people can have like. Like sometimes I remember being on tour and having people come up to me after a show and, uh, and because I'm like, well, you know, DMT, I think it might be this multiverse in our heads. It might not be this other dimension. It might not be this thing outside Mm -hmm. of us. Here's some other explanations of things that I think it could be. And someone come up afterwards and like, give me this very long lecture about like, well, what it clearly is, is, I mean, how could you deny that it's these things? And, it's like, right, blah, blah, right. Blah, blah. and then I, I'm like, wow, this person like really must be, have a lot of experience. They like really know what they're talking about, I guess. And and then I'll be like, so I, like how many times have you done DMT? And they're like, oh, I, I, I like tried it once. I didn't really break through. But I like, <laughs> like some people are just so eager to hop on board. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I saw guys and blah, blah, blah. That is yeah. just like. Once is enough, and like then they know everything, and they they got it down, and, and yeah. I think that uh, uh, that people like you, uh, you and me, and and many of the people that I've had on the podcast talking about psychedelics, I'm like, well, yeah, it felt like that in that moment, but wait, what was that? Like, mm-hmm. I might need a second look at that. Mm-hmm. What are mm-hmm. their explanations? And that's uh, that's that's just endless. It's like a fun game until you lose your mind um but it's <laughs> asterisk <laughs> yeah. but it is just uh, uh like you said it's endless the the both uh, the inner exploration mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and tying to I've, I've been i've been sharing 
my last MDMA experience, I was, I'll cut it very short for the audience. Uh, that's now the, my third time telling this, but I just remembered a new thing on MDMA. I explored like every little thing through my life that led to me becoming a comedian, like mm, a, watching mm-hmm, a funny mm-hmm. TV with my uh, TV show with my father when I was like five mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. wanting to make my dad laugh the way the TV could yeah, and like, mm-hmm, oh, what mm-hmm. have I got on TV? And that, mm-hmm. but then, uh, mushrooms for me is like much bigger. Like, how have we evolved mm-hmm, to advertise mm-hmm, ourselves mm-hmm, to want to mm-hmm, stand mm-hmm, out in a mm-hmm, crowd? Mm-hmm. And it's just the layers. So many layers. <laughs> the layers. <laughs> I think I sent you like a weird text, a cryptic text when I was like in a manic state. It was like when I was losing my mind. You, that was about did. the layers. <laughs> Don't remember what exactly you texted. It was but something I was like, about the layers. I was like, oh, I really hope Shane's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you had some good friends on your team. So. I did. <laughs> Um, so you had this Burning Man experience, this yeah. heart opening mm-hmm, uh, experience, mm-hmm. and this changed your life path. Yeah. Um, I will just say one thing about that last topic, just because um, I often like to kind of talk to people about how, you know, when we're exploring this kind of these <laughs> these outer realms of, you know, consciousness, it's, it's really important to be able to, you know, keep your your feet on the ground, your heart open and your head open to the sky so that you're, you know, you're being open and exploring, but you're also keeping your feet on the ground because uh, it can be really easy to just <laughs> drift off. <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. So, you know, I think um, as a community, it's it's important for us to help help each other, you mm-hmm. know, and, and be that voice of skepticism, you know. Because uh, not as a way to like you know dampen hope or anything, but you know let's be creative and ask questions. But I know. think it's just more interesting. Personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> how do we really know much? Really, really, right. you know? I mean, science can get you to a certain extent, but then beyond that, <laughs> it's it's hard. So uh, okay, so that was that, that was the end of my tangent there. Um, I so, love. Tangent. Okay, good. Just so you know. <laughs> I mean, if you've listened to this show even once, you know, you're probably aware. But yeah, so don't it's worry. It's interesting. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. So Burning Man. Yeah, I, I ended up going um, for the following ten years in a row, and it just became a, a more and more important part of my life and my form of creativity, expression, and the music and the people that I surrounded myself with were increasingly aligned with sort of the values of that space. And let's see, maybe around six or seven years into that, I started getting a little bit more curious about other types of psychedelics. I mean, I had already started doing other psychedelics, but more like plant medicines. Um, And so I did ayahuasca uh, but didn't really have enough and didn't really know enough to ask for more. Mm-hmm. So I had a bit of an experience um, that was more of an emotional response, but not really necessarily like a visual one. And now, but 
it was sort of like, it, I don't know, it like I, I saw a couple of things, but it wasn't like, a, oh, my God, um, sort of experience. But about a month later, uh, I did 5-MeO-DMT for the first time. And then that just, well... It I've was... never done the five before. <laughs> I know. We've talked about this before. So um, it was the single most important experience of my life. And it was one of those things that just completely broke open the doors of perception in a way. And I had smoked NNDMT before and I was just like, whoa, what's going on in here? <laughs> okay. But it it was hard for me to get... Uh, any like lessons from that experience it was just like okay i just got popped into like uh (laughs) like 80s like video game world with like neon colors and then and then i got popped back and i was like okay i don't know what i don't know how to interpret that um but 5-MeO was not, it was an emotional response it wasn't it wasn't again a, 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 a it wasn't a visual, a vision, visionary in that I saw like visions of like content, you know, like beings or whatever, but it was just an emotional feeling of um, connecting with something much bigger than myself that was infinitely loving and infinitely compassionate. And you can put whatever label you'd like to that, but it felt very divine to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that when I came back from that experience, it was a very challenging uh, integration process because uh, I was working in science. All of my friends were scientists. Most of the people I was around were atheists. I was a really adamant atheist for a long time. And then, you know, I started doing some psychedelics. I started getting a little bit more agnostic because I was just kind of thinking in the bigger, more abstract way. And then, um, but then this happened and it was like such a, a different kind of knowing than just like, oh, I believe in something. It was like, uh, it was a feeling that was deeper in my body. It was, it didn't really have to do with my head. It had to do with like this emotional system. And it was such a gift and has made me so much more uh, loving with myself, with the people around me, so much more present and connected. And continues to be a a driving force in my life and so you know i don't know how to ex- you know we've, we've done a little bit I of mean, brain fine i'll do five <laughs> oh, Ashley, all right already <laughs> trip to mexico <laughs> i know well it's so silly i don't know why i'm so resistant but like hearing that that like scares me more than anything. I think I'm like still holding on to my atheist-ish yeah. skeptical self so much that I'm just like, because everyone's always like, well, that's the one you're definitely going to see God. I'm like, ooh, I definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I definitely, if my older self would have been, been like, you smoked a drug and saw God, like, please, right, whatever. Right, right. And I was like, but now being on the other side, I'm like, oh, okay i don't know what else to say yeah that's what it felt like right you know and living my life from that place um has really dramatically improved my life Mm -hmm. um and just kind of being uh connected to something bigger than myself that is love and and 
working on being a more clearing channel for that love to come through into the world. And so I was just saying, right as you got here earlier, you know, I feel like my life has been getting more increasingly in flow and more magical by the day. <laughs> and there have been some crazy weird signs that like are just like, what, what, that that's just like too, too serendipitous, yes. you know, and just like more and more exactly of those things. What you're talking about. <laughs> and I'm, you know, this isn't just like when I'm high and I'm like, wow, everything's connected. It's like, no, it's like happening in my sober life now. So. Yeah. Hey guys, Randy and Jason here. And whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to. Now, yeah, you don't want to catch like glimpses and uh, little snippets of like what snippets? other you know, tidbits of what your kids are listening to or anyone else. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of bucks on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. They're amazing. I yes. got my Raycon earbuds. They so cancel out everything. Raycon earbuds start for about a half price of the other ones. Premium wireless earbuds on the market. And they sound just as amazing as the top uh, audio brands. You know, the newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds are their best ones yet. Jay, I love these uh, so much. I'm using it nonstop, right? Six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth playing, more bass, more compact design, gives you a nice noise isolating fit. I like that if you have one of them in, you can just hear, use one of them. For They're stylish and discreet. I love these so much. Now's the time to get a pair, the latest and the greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order by Raycon.com. Uh, slash Starburns. That's by B-U-Y, Raycon.com, R-A-Y-C-O-N.com, slash Starburns for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. I love these earbuds so much. I know you do too. I'm all about them, man. They're they're my reach. You know what you feel when you reach for them and that's and you the thing you reach them. for and that's my hike. Those are my hike earbuds. Those are my hike. walking earbuds. Buy B-U-Y, R-A-Y-C-O-N.com, slash Starburns for 15% off. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 8989 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 8989. Enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, like this is uh, this is one of those examples. Like, if I heard anyone else telling it, I'd be like, "Yeah, well, I mean, that's coincidence. Coincidence has happened." Right. But it's just like I had um, once I started. Like, I I now just have a feeling sometimes mm-hmm. where everything's just a little more. Uh, right in sync mm-hmm. and um and i was like having this feeling at a rock climbing gym with my girlfriend recently i'll use this example just because there was someone there to support mm-hmm. <laughs> right 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 there's often correct. not yeah <laughs> <laughs> so then you're just like sharing a dream story or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, like that or you could mm-hmm. be making it up um and my uh just this um 
this strong feeling popped into my head. I just saw this strong image from my childhood of the California raisins. I have these little <laughs> California raisins figurines. And for whatever reason, I like those, in the yeah. middle of rock climbing, I had this vision of them on my windowsill and they're like fading on one side from, <laughs> from the sun. And I don't even know, like, you know, I'm in a long term relationship. So you just kind of blurt out anything that you have to say because you're out of interesting things to talk about and so i was like for whatever reason i'm and i'm having like this strong feeling to like tell you this uh, remember california raisins and like i'm talking about and um within 30 seconds the song i heard it through the grapevine started playing on, and and that's like so like Science Shane will easily just go like, well, there was similar ish music like of that genre mm-hmm, playing mm-hmm, your brain. Mm-hmm, it works mm-hmm. in this associative right, right, way. Right. And, and so like that, that's, that is very easy for me to just write off as a coincidence. Mm-hmm. What gets harder to write off mm-hmm. is when that happens like 20 times in a row, like right. during the day. And I'm like, it's like uh, rep- repetitivity. Or, yeah. Repetitiousness. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. That, and then that's when it's like, this is, seems a little different than just coincidence yeah Yeah, i mean it's you know i i don't at this point we don't really have enough information truly to know one way or the other and so you know and, and going back to like the integration process it was like well now that i have like this sort of feeling that there is something bigger you know call it source call it god call it i don't know everything universe uh like, do I just believe everything now? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. does that just like completely trump trump everything? You know, like I I've been doing yoga since I was seventeen, but I've never felt my chakras. I don't know if they're there, but do I believe in chakras now? Because mm-hmm. because now I believe in you know something beyond this material space, and that like really messed me up <laughs> for a long time, and. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think I've just had to be, continue that level of curiosity and and continue with that in just kind of holding all of this, you know, Um, because there's a lot of weird stuff out there that even beyond having these, just like these experiences, but I saw a talk, let's see, a while back on uh, somebody that was studying children that had memories of past lives. Mm-hmm. And there were like a lot of stories of these kids and they were able to like go back and prove and like connect like who these people were that they are remembering. And like for me, that was like, whoa, like that's actually kind of something a little more concrete than we can actually measure than, you know, maybe a subjective experience, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because there was just it was a lot of numbers. So I don't know. That was just something that kind of stuck in my head. Yeah, that's that was part of the difficulties of of my experience, um, which I thought was really quite interesting. It was a little scary, but uh, but it was. I mean, it wasn't that different from what you're. I mean, I think that uh, you know you live your whole life, and you're uh, a lot of the computation that's happening in your brain is this kind of probability assessment, like one hundred percent of the time so far this 
force has been pushing me down <laughs> against the ground. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really think about what would happen if I just started flying around. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and then, and there's just lots of things like that in life that mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. picked up on the, this rule these patterns, book and yeah. these patterns mm-hmm, of how mm-hmm. life works. And then you mm-hmm. have an experience like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, well, now I have to throw out, out the rule book <laughs> and start all over. Right. And that's, I think it's, uh, I think it's quite an undertaking for this <laughs> computation machine that's in our head to kind of sort out again once you once you really start opening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, it it's it continues to be an ongoing process of integration for sure. Uh but I do know that my life continues to be more amazing the more I kind of I be in a loving space, you yeah. know. So it's working for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so and then I guess just as a, a little like safety PSA announcement about Five MEO. Ah, I was wondering when it was. I know. Come. So yeah, because uh, uh, have to drugs are very dangerous. Well, Five MEO is really important to have a, a trained facilitator. Mm-hmm. So please, please, anyone who's listening to this, don't seek it out and do it on your own because. Uh, you do leave your body and you need someone that's going to be able to take care of your body and, and know how to handle, uh, you know, you possibly, you know, having your ego dissolve and all the emotions and right. everything that comes along with that. And so, uh, it's very important to, to, to seek out someone that, mm-hmm. that knows how, what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then there's also, I mean, isn't there, uh, and you know, any of this, I forgot to tell you earlier, but we can always like delete any yeah. of this out if, if need be, because uh-huh. I actually don't know what I'm talking about right now, what I'm about to say. Isn't there some sort of controversy with like some of these frogs possibly going extinct and stuff too? And like, or, or like, so it, yeah, I mean, so, okay. So 5-MeO is, is, um, a very strong, um, tryptamine chemical that's found in the, Bufotoxin of the Sonoran Desert toad. toad and yeah. um, it can also be synthesized from plants or just made like as a straight up chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, but the toad habitat has been a little bit, um, you know, as continues to be encroached on. There are concerns about sustainability issues. There's also with rising interest in this stuff, then, you know, people that are. Poor Mexican, <laughs> you know, people living across the border in the homeland of these toads, you know, then, you know, they know that this stuff is valuable and may not be collecting the material. It doesn't, it doesn't um, kill the toads to, to extract it. You just um, pinch their glands. But, uh, but y- if you take all the toads home with you or in like, or you like you damn, you know, you hurt them or you kill them, you know, so there are questions around that and so a lot of this conversation around 5-MeO has been um, growing especially since there have been quite a number of uh, more globe-trotting facilitators Mm -hmm. that have gone around the world um, and have been uh, not super responsible with the way that they're they're facilitating Um, and um, with their integration process, um, just kind of leaving people and then people are like all expanded and, and 
aren't really, you know, and can get re-traumatized because they don't have like a safe container. So, uh, so there is a conference coming up in Mexico in late July uh, called the World Bufo Alvarez Congress. And uh, a lot of facilitators and scientists that are interested in community, pe- people in the community that are interested in this medicine are going to go to this conference. And it's the first conference on this topic. So it's kind of, it's exciting because we, we need to have people, we need to be all talking about this because it's such a powerful medicine. And uh, how do we make sure we keep people safe? Um, because it's, I mean, the, the chemical itself is, is safe, but if you don't have a safe container to do it in or a person that, that knows how to deal with it, then you can have complications. Um, so uh, both either psychologically or uh, physically. So yeah, so definitely don't get a, a 5-MAO on the dark web. No, it's, I mean, it's really hard to find, in. luckily, right. um, as well. But, but And then like just do it in your bathroom or whatever. Yeah, yeah don't do it. Just don't. You can really hurt yourself. So, okay, this is the end of my PSA announcement. Um, sure. Uh, okay, so let's see. Back to the story. So I had had this big experience, and then I had just gotten a new job when I had that 5-MEO experience, and it was doing coastal water quality management here in Southern California. And and I was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm feeling this work anymore. Uh, it feels like... Uh, I just felt really compelled to want to give back <laughs> to the medicines or to, to, to other people that that uh, if people wanted to have this experience, you know, or any experiences of psychedelics, um, like I felt like they should be able to in, in the safe context. And so I started doing psychedelic kind of advocacy work. And so I started a psychedelic society here in Southern California called the aware project rethinking psychedelics and now we've been going for three and a half years and we have monthly psychedelic awareness salons bringing in speakers to talk about various aspects of psychedelia and in the attempt of you know changing the public converse- conversation and perspective on psychedelics so um yeah so in the last couple of years i've created this community space and before i started this there wasn't really people gathering around this stuff and having conversations like there were like burner parties where people were like doing this kind of stuff um and in san francisco there were like psychedelic societies and other types of things going on up there but there wasn't really anything happening down here in la and it's such a huge population center mm-hmm. so that is so strange I yeah think it's california too, i think it's I think. just because it's so hard to get around here you know, yeah. and it's like there's already so many things going on. So it's just like trying to compete for attention for people to go places. Yeah. I mean, it is like as a stand up right. who goes, it is like the most like jaded and unimpressed yeah. audiences in, yeah. the, in the country yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by a long shot. Yeah. And that's well known in the, yeah. in the yeah. comedy community. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sh- sure for a lot of things. Yeah. Cause I have people that come here like, Oh yeah, we'll get, you know, a couple hundred people at our event. Cause we had that in, you know, Portland. And I was like, yeah, LA's different. <laughs> yeah. Portland people are still enthusiastic about things. Yeah, or it's just like maybe there's less going on. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um so so yeah, we've been running these events now and uh it's kind of made me this uh 
I just know, I, I know a lot of, uh, a little bit about a lot of things having to do with psychedelics. And so, uh, I'm good for asking questions for different things. So maybe later you can ask me questions about uh, whatever you want. Sure. And then, um, so yeah, and then I worked down, um, so I was just trying to transition out of my job in marine science and got a job at an Ibogaine clinic in Tijuana where they worked with Ibogaine and 5-MeO-DMT. And so I was able to learn a lot more and I was supporting their psycho-spiritual um, uh, like retreats. And so I got to learn a lot more about those medicines and like support people as they go through their process. And it just like whetted my appetite to be able to support people before and after their experience. And so I started an integration support program for people here um, in Southern California uh, for people that have had really big expansive experiences. And, you know, like me, it took me like a good year and a half of like doing a lot of yoga and like other types of personal growth stuff to be able to integrate that 5-MEO experience. And so wanting to be there and to support people in that process. Mm -hmm. So um, me and a couple friends started this network of people with like different backgrounds to help people in their integration process. So it's not like we give people drugs or anything like that, but we're just, if they've already done substances in some other context, um, and then a lot of times facilitators... Um, we'll kind of give them maybe like one integration call or like maybe not even any. And then it's like, okay, you know, you had this experience and then then what, you know? And so we wanted to create a space for the community to be able to come and talk to one another and get support from people with different kinds of healing backgrounds from therapists to acupuncturists to body workers, you know, because maybe, uh, maybe your small town, uh, like, conservative parents don't quite understand all of your time travel ideas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. How to talk to your parents <laughs> about drugs. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and to arm people with the, the science around it so that if you, you know, like the way I told my parents about it was to tell them about the science, you know, because mm. it makes it a lot more accessible. Yeah, that hasn't worked for me yet mm. but we're working on it yeah well, Michael now that Pollan. i'm an award-winning documentary yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah, i didn't even tell my parents about the film i mean they kind of knew i was doing something or other but yeah so eventually they'll see the film and then i don't know if that will help or not <laughs> mm. i don't know yeah I think there's definitely it, some I think intense be, parts yeah. of the film <laughs> yeah it's but it's it's also i think my I mean, we can still change some things too, but I, I I think as you're talking, I'm like, oh, the, I mean, I mentioned the importance of integration at the end, but we never, I don't know. Mm. There's just so many things to cover it in is. the field and it is, I do think integration is something that gets neglected so yeah. much because people are like, uh, you know, I even had jokes about like, what if you stay like that forever? And that's like, <laughs> not, not what happens, but. You have You're these gonna experiences. Change. You're gonna change. That, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and and yeah, settling. It, I mean, the, the difference for me when I started, uh, you know, kind of uh, losing it or going through an intense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the experience itself wasn't. I didn't think that intense. I thought it was actually just beautiful and wonderful. It mm -hmm. was just the integration afterwards mm -hmm. was really hard, and. Um, and I would call, um, you know, a friend in 
the field of psychedelics and and they're like yeah that's those are interesting ideas you know like uh, maybe you don't need to talk about it for three hours straight you know, <laughs> on, the, on the phone but like those are fine enough idea you know like they're pretty non-judgmental yeah yeah and um and like yeah i don't know maybe maybe uh maybe you are neo in the matrix dude what do we know you know whereas whereas we're all neo uh, yeah we're all neo <laughs> and uh whereas uh, people outside of the psychedelic community yeah. definitely uh, would just know, think you're absolutely yeah yeah and yeah. and then uh, and so that's uh and and i'm someone that has kind of a nice support system mm-hmm. in place mm-hmm. a lot of people do not have yeah. anything close to the support yeah. system that i have yeah and uh so this is i mean i i would like to see this in uh you know, this should be in every city, every big city in the country should have so an integration yeah. group like this. More and more like groups yours. are popping up. Yeah, uh, it's great. How uh, how did you go about? Uh, so let's talk about the integration mm-hmm. group. How how did you decide upon that? With uh, because you said you you put this together with uh, a couple other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, advocates mm-hmm. or, or yeah. people in mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. fields. Uh, this is just you guys getting together, brainstorming, like what, what the needs were in the community. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, it was sort of a general offering was just to create these community integration circles so people could just come and it was donation based and then they could just share a story. Cause a lot of times it's like people don't really necessarily have like huge things they need to, but they just want people to talk to, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people, I I was surprised at first because, um, when I started the Aware Project and I was thinking like, you know, I was advertising at the events to all of my Burning Man friends and like nobody was coming. And I was like, and then, but the people that were coming were like not people part of the burner community. They were just kind of like other people that were just like living their lives, but they had tried a couple psychedelics and it really, you know, shifted something for them. And I realized that a lot of the people that come to the events are people that um, they just want community to be able to talk to about this stuff, you know, and or all the burners is like they have community. They have everyone does, you know, mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So it's like they can talk to anyone. And so having having just people to talk to to share your story and for people not to judge you, um, you know, and to be able to, to speak the same language is, uh, is just, is, is, is so, is so valuable itself. Yes. <laughs> it really is. The same language. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that was how long ago that you started the integration? Uh, two and a half years ago. So it's, yeah, it's called inner space integration. And we also do online coaching too. So if you don't live in the Southern California area, but you need help with this stuff. Hmm. We have a couple people that do online coaching. So, so this is how often do you get the integration group together? Once a month. Um, we do them twice a month in different parts of the city. So twice a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put the what are you using like um, social media advertise? How are you? Advertise? How are you getting the word meetup? Meetup. Yeah. Okay. Facebook and our mailer. Are you able to like say on meetup? Like, wait, what do you call it? And psychedelic integration circle oh really yeah oh okay yeah i mean we're not uh we're because we're not doing anything illegal we're just talking about drugs and we're but we're not like nobody's arriving on them we're really strict about like the the parameters of what the spaces that we're creating Mm -hmm. so we're like please don't try and like find stuff here don't ask anyone like where to buy drugs and like 
you know, it's rude. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so we've been I'm asking because I'm sure there's, uh, I know I have that, a yeah. lot of listeners that, uh, for sure. that are probably thinking about or, or seeing a need for something similar yeah. in the community and could maybe yeah. do something to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely lists online. Um, we have one on the Aware Project website of, um, psychedelic societies all over the u.s um it's it's pretty up to date (laughs) um there's also one if you kind of dig around on michael pollan's um site after his book came out a month ago um on changing your mind and psychedelics which has been going bananas. Yeah, everyone's all <laughs> I know. Uh, Michael Pollan's Michael all the rage. Pollen, I know. We, we got him. I, we got Pollan on our team. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's been on our team for a while, but him being openly on the team. Uh, yeah, I see. I see. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's also a list of psychedelic. Kanye West is uh, is, <laughs> is starting to. Have is you heard? It, I, now I, that it's cool. I I haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't heard it, but someone told me on his album now he's talking about like dmt and like other psychedelics like yeah i mean i find the guy irritating but uh, i i think he's opening up about being bipolar and uh and talking about psychedelic experience yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) call him up and give him some tips (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh, but it, it is um uh it it's it's both unfortunate that the world is such that uh, that like people listen to famous people more or whatever, yeah. but it's also when it does happen that someone is uh, in in a position or, to speak to large groups yeah. of people and and is uh, able to get the word out about something that that is beneficial like this. Yeah, uh, that is that is exciting. Yeah, it kind of like it's a at least a bit of a balancing force against sort of more politically political lobbying and mm-hmm. and propaganda from that perspective yeah my my next tour is all gonna be about the wonders of pharmaceutical mm. drugs i'm just gonna be singing the praises of far- <laughs> it, it was i did okay on the psychedelic tour but like i think the the pharmaceutical tour is where the money <laughs> is exactly. is at i'll i'll make more in a night yeah. than i made in that entire tour <laughs> i'll be flying around in private jets and whatnot exactly um so you have the the aware project you have the the integration inner space yeah integration Mm inner space integration and then um do you want to talk about some of the other stuff you're involved in yeah so (laughs) got a lot of hats um so i'm also um working with maps on their clinical trial of mdma assisted psychotherapy for the treatment of ptsd and I believe you had my colleagues on mm-hmm. the show recently, Cole, Marta, and Shannon Carlin. Yeah, they were so, terrific. Yeah, so I want. We're never uh, audience. We're never recording outdoors ever again. Oh, there is like planes and stuff. Well, yeah, by, right but... over. Yeah, where our offices <laughs> is really close to the airport. <laughs> what a beautiful office, too. Yeah, um, I was it's... like, holy crap! I've never been. I've never been to a doctor's office appointment or a therapy session where I'm like walking into a mansion or <laughs> something. It's and, pretty special. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's been really amazing. So I've been working on the team for about a year and uh, at Cole's suggestion, he was like, 
go back to school now, go get your master's. And then once you get out, we can help you get your hours to become a therapist. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm in grad school right now oh, um, in social work uh, to become a therapist. And I've got one more year left. And, um, and then, and then you'll busy. talk to my girlfriend and yeah. she'll be like, don't do it. And it's she's a social worker. And she's uh, like, well, I'm not really doing like <laughs> right, right, re- right. the real social work. I mean, <laughs> it, I, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm getting like a much more of a kind of, um, yeah, a diverse education right. than you would with, um, maybe a marriage and family therapy degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good. You know, yeah. but e- either way, you're becoming a therapist. But I'm obviously moving into, you know, this nascent field, you know, because as, as soon as I get out of school, I will be um, just kind of in time for us to go into expanded access, which they talked about on the podcast last time, which is basically like if all of our data look good um, for the MDMA therapy or they continue to look as good as they do, you know, it would be unethical to hold back the treatment while mm-hmm. the bureaucratic system does the paperwork to make it change the scheduling of MDMA. So we would basically be able to start legally giving people MDMA psychotherapy um, for the treatment of PTSD in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So right as I'm getting out. So it's like the timing again. I was like talking about flow, like I've, just the timing and, and everything has been working out so crazy. And, uh, and yeah, my, my job in, in Mexico at the I Begin clinic closed and like Unfor- my maps that job. That was maybe going to be in the documentary yeah, too. Yeah, I know. Down. Shoot. Shoot. Oh, wow. um, it was, but- that was probably the worst thing about it closing down was it didn't get to be in my documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you went through some things too. Right. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then maps. And and then my maps job. They're like, actually, can we start you a month early? <laughs> and I was like, perfect. Oh, so, yeah. So it's just crazy little thing, little things like that where everything's hmm. just been kind of unfolding in a really beautiful way. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm doing a lot right now. <laughs> I hope, hope, you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, that, that, that 5MEO experience just really, I've been always been a passionate person, but this just like, supercharged <laughs> everything yeah. for me so i'm i've got my hands in a lot of different pots and just connecting with people and supporting this work and from a lot of different perspectives so yeah it's been an amazing journey and meeting all sorts of new people and and some you know just friendships that are and colleague you know collegial relationships that are going to last the lifetime so it's just a really exciting time to be paying attention to this stuff mm-hmm. and seeing what you know this is it's just going to, things are going to change really like yeah. soon <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be wild and just to watch the unfolding, you know, I got a pretty good seat for it. Yeah. It's cool to be a part of something. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was pretty reluctant to be any kind of a psychedelic advocate or like pigeonhole myself yeah. as a psychedelic comedian yeah. or yeah. anything like that. Really. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any interest. It was just like another show of mine, mm-hmm. but uh, it has, it's been so interesting mm-hmm. seeing what is happening in, yeah. in the world right now. I'm like, yeah, if I can be a part of that. Yeah. Cool. yeah. It's very hope inducing. Well, it's just, I'm a person <laughs> who is, uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a terribly excitable person. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm a, I'm a pretty even keel, laid back uh, guy, which is uh, not uh, 
not a bad thing or necessarily a good thing. It's just kind of how I am. But I do, where I struggle sometimes is the old passion reservoir uh, starts drying up uh, mm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, psychedelics have been good at uh, filling that and kind of giving me direction and mm-hmm. a sense of purpose, mm-hmm. whether, whether it was down the wrong path or, you know, whatever. It was, right. uh, it's still to feel something and to be motivated right. and passionate about, right. like, because really humans are a unique species in, in which we can follow a great many number of paths and it doesn't even necessarily need to be the perfect path or whatever, right. as long as you kind of keep on chugging along. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the anhedonia that's always like really, uh, sunk me, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so especially now that I, uh, can't just gobble a bunch of mushrooms when I'm, feeling uninspired like I used to uh, <laughs> because I'm having to take a break and yeah, hang up yeah. the psychedelic astronaut helmet for a bit. Yeah. Um, it is nice to be a part of such an inspiring community because even, even without doing the psychedelics mm-hmm. of the psychedelic community, yeah. it mm-hmm. is such a cool, uh, inspiring community to yeah. be a part of. Yeah, there's a lot of really driven people. Mm. It's it's nice to be a part of, and everyone's just really fascinating because <laughs> they have a lot of people have come from you know like different fields or all sorts of things and have all these different talents and just you're know, like, wait, you also know how to you know <laughs> surf and you know DJ. All right, so many layers. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I can whistle with my hand. Nice. That's. I I know See, the surfing sounded cool until you heard that. You're just, I saw the look on I your know. face just blowing like, away. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! So, so many unique talents. Uh, so, uh, where can first off, you're yeah. you're also welcome to just talk about and cover anything that we haven't okay. covered that you want to plug. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily have a time limit, but right. we're uh, you know. We also can wrap up whenever now. Um, uh, this podcast is all about freedom, Ooh. but I do I do need to make sure mm-hmm. that um, we get all of your info out for people where people can get involved, where people that uh, that need um, integration. Just repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got the re- repeat some of the info yeah. on the websites and, yeah. and stuff for them. So the Aware Project website is awareproject.org and Innerspace is innerspaceintegration.com. So those are the best places to get involved. We're on Meetup and Facebook and all those things. So and Instagram. So yeah, that's the best way to, to get involved and just to become part of the community essentially, you know, or to get support if you need it. I have a question for you. Great. Someone is listening uh, to this right now, and they they know someone that just had an intense psychedelic mm-hmm. experience uh, that they're and they're like having trouble relating, or they're um, they're in the future they're they're going to r- run into this if, especially if they maybe start getting maybe they're going to go and check out Burning Man or mm-hmm. something, and they they see someone um struggling a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. to to integrate what are what are some qualities and and kind of traits and uh, techniques that you've seen applied in the integration kind of you mentioned you mentioned kind of i mean i think the rule of thumb is to 
really just be a good listener, right? Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. not uh, not try to push things one way or another. Do you do you have any other? And in, in terms of pay, it also in terms of like, how do you know when someone needs more more help help? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Is it when they're texting you about the layers layers. of onions? The layers. (laughs) I think I was like, maybe it's peeling you or something like really odd. I don't think it was quite that bad. but. Well, I mean, a really good rule of thumb is like after you have a big experience like that, don't change like any big things in your life for like at least a month. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, don't quit your job. Don't drop your relationship. Don't like, you know, tell off your mom or, you know, mm-hmm. like sit on it. If it's still true in a month, then maybe it's true. But, you know. Why does everyone quit their damn job after after a psychedelic? Because way too many people like are doing jobs they don't like. Yeah, right. Way too many. <laughs> so, way too many. Mm-hmm. Um so, and yeah, it, was, it sparks passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a really good one. Um, and if people are kind of like, yeah, getting a little out there in their, their beliefs and maybe need a little bit more, um, you know, because who knows, maybe I, there are alien DMT aliens and like crazy, you know, stuff that we can't even see right now. Seems um, like there might be. <laughs> there might be, you know. Um, but uh, but you're still a human mm-hmm. living on this planet, and you still need to pay rent. Yeah, and you need to feed yourself. Um, so the simulation is still built the way that it is. Yeah, and, and so it's important to get help to hold all those things, you know, and. You know, having those kind of bigger perspectives can maybe help you, like, not take the little things quite so seriously because you're like, you know, I'm stressed out because I didn't get, you know, well, for me, it's it's always like I'm like late to getting, I hate being late to things. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a second, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, this is, it's okay, actually, it's okay. And so, you know, I can just kind of, it's, it's a little easier to just pop back out to that observer space, you know, that they talk about in meditation and that kind of thing to just to like, Give your sense of sense of perspective and not be so either de- you know either depressed or anxious about the world in the world. So, just I think having you know someone to help you through the process, you know, that can support you in just being able to have someone to talk to, you know, mm-hmm. where you can feel vulnerable and talking to them about whatever it is that you're going through because integration happens when you're you know expressing yourself whether maybe you're journaling or you're talking with someone and so when you're keeping it alive for you then then the process is continuing and i think you know as far as like actually getting useful things out of your experience that are going to positively impact your life you know it's important to make those kinds of changes like you know okay like i want to eat better or like you know maybe i need to meditate more or like i really need to you know, have better self-talk, you know, to like start to help yourself give, you know, start new practices that are going to benefit yourself and keep the the, the passion um, for whatever it is that you experienced going because, you know, things can fade out and, and then it's like, oh, okay, I had this experience, but, mm. you know, maybe you're not really necessarily acting upon it anymore, anymore in your life. 
I, I felt um, staying off electronics helped mm-hmm. with the integration quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. The old computer started uh, feeling like it was talking to me. Mm. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to close that uh, <laughs> MacBook because it is getting creepy. And, uh, and I, uh, especially um, having been... Uh, uh, I spent seven days in a psych ward. I was like, what is the value? I, I think if you just like take people's phones away from them mm. for seven days, like a lot of sanity becomes restored. <laughs> I could see that. I think I'd probably be a little bit more sane without my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, if people are acting like particularly out there, having them get checked out by someone that knows, you know, about personality disorders and like if you know and how to handle stuff like that because um yeah like what you guys had talked about before in the movie it's like you know that's where you can bump into issues if you have a pre-existing condition and you you do a lot of this stuff and then you go a little too far (laughs) yeah don't do like a decade's worth of psychedelics in a couple months because you're shooting a film and trying to get yourself in that headspace (laughs) things like that but but that is that that is a uh i mean i also not that i didn't know better anyway but i I, i'd also like heard so many stories when i do hear someone going off the deep end Uh it is almost always like you know, they just really started going at it hard in the yeah. summer. Like, I need to keep on exploring. And a yeah. lot of times LSD. But but a lot of times it's like many times a week for like months. And uh, they had like a very wild, strange summer. Yeah. Then, yeah. And then they had trouble integrating that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, integration takes a long time. And, you know, if, if you're just kind of chasing the more of an experience level and you're not integrating you know like mm-hmm. it's not making you or your life better like what are you doing <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um get my to the pers- truth <laughs> uh. <laughs> maybe but yeah, how do you know right, it's the truth you right, know it's all subjective exactly. so it's like yeah i mean um yeah yeah i don't know i mean i i, I maybe you can like answer some questions to me for me because like for in dmt space like i've done it i smoked it mm, four times uh-huh. and like I get in there and I'm like, okay, this is interesting, but I feel kind of uncomfortable here. I'm like kind of ready to go back now. Mm. And um, whereas I feel like the people are really into it, it's like TV for them. Like they get in there and they're like, whoa, and then they're out again. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's almost entertainment. Um, so I don't know. Mm. What do you? What have you kind of gotten from diving into the DMT I, space? I thought that so basically it was like. I would go into a DMT space like the first couple times. I was like, "Wow, that was really profound and and uh, In interesting." But it was like just because it, it was different, like a completely because different... it was a completely different world. And, yeah. But I was still like, I think that's in my head. It felt like mm-hmm. more like a movie, like I was watching a movie or something, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like you said. And then we were like, "Yeah, but if you feel like have a larger dose of you smoke more of it, it's like you see that it's this different world." Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that because I don't think that it is. Yeah. And then I would go there and I'd see <laughs> this different world and then I'd be like, okay, it looked like a different world for sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> but I don't think that it is. I think it's something like, 
absolutely that's fascinating mm-hmm. uh, but i don't i don't think that it is and then i'd go there again and then uh and then like i'd be talking with these entities or mm-hmm. whatever and and then i'd be like what are you and be like oh well i'm everything i'm like well that doesn't make any sense and, <laughs> and so then like every time so then i'd be like oh i wish i would have asked it this instead. <laughs> so i go back in and ask it another question to like prove that it was every. And it just started like answering my questions in these odd ways. I'd like go in with an intention uh-huh. and it would, it would like, I'd be like, well, if you're what you say, then there, you have to like show me something outside of myself that it couldn't possibly be right, in right. my brain. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. and like the following day, someone else smoked DMT to tell me about the exact same thing that I had seen the night before. Yeah, I, I remember you telling that story. Uh, like, huh. <laughs> okay. And then <laughs> I'd be like, story. well, I would need like something from the future. I'd like need to know <laughs> something. And then like, I smoked DMT, it would show me a thing, and then that would come true, like, in the future, the mm-hmm. thing that it showed. And, and so it was just, most of what it was, was me just being, like, seeing a thing that looked like, um, it was almost like, um, like, this is happening right now, us having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But just as much as this is happening, there is a parallel uh, universe where, this could like in the blink of an eye close like a storybook and then like another story is happening where I'm like a totally different person in a totally different time. And there's, there's like a hundred of these. And then, and sometimes I'd come back and I'd be like, did I, am I back in the, in your right lane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and what was that? And, and it was, it was just so strange. It was just like, um, it was mostly just like my skepticism kept me coming mm, back because mm-hmm. I would do it. I would see the, I would see something mm-hmm. very convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, within a week or so, I'd be like, no, that couldn't have been real. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I would, I would, yeah, it would fade. And I, and then I would think of all these like, well, there's this thing from neuroscience that could explain this mm-hmm. and that, and maybe the, maybe that's what it is. And so then, you know, a few months later, I would uh, like read up on what I think is maybe happening, and then I'd go back in with that information, and I'd be like, no, it wasn't that at all. It was <laughs> definitely this other dimension or something. And uh, and so it just, I think my skepticism kept me mm-hmm. um, coming back mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like I said, or a lot of people would have one experience be like yeah i just saw i just saw like this these elves and uh, i was in a different dimension and so you know now i know that there's a different dimension with these mechanical elves in it and it's it pretty neat and done <laughs> like like that was never enough for me to just be like oh what do you mean there like <laughs> you just leave it as at that there's yeah. just another dimension with mechanical and you just don't need to know anymore yeah. okay i definitely need to know more mm, about mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. so it was my the inquisitive part of me that mm-hmm. uh, but then once once everything like started coming true that it was like kind of showing me was it would it would predict when it would in a DMT trip it would show me where I was going to be in during the next DMT trip without letting me mm. know hmm. like I would come out of a DMT trip and I would look at, like say I smoked DMT with you right mm-hmm. now and I come out of it and this thing in mm-hmm. your window mm-hmm. this art thing that I've never seen anything like it before <laughs> would would be this like symbol that it was like really impressing upon me 
to look at and remember from three months ago during the and it didn't mm. I was like why like I don't understand the significance of this and it was just like remember this remember mm. this and three months later I'd smoked him in the very first thing that I would see <laughs> is that <laughs> thing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And that's when DMT started getting kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when I started slowing <laughs> down a little. It got a little too real. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, at least with that one, I'm yeah, much more like cautious with it. Because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but man, it, it definitely curiosity provoking. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And there's like but- more research that's. I mean, you are right in which, like, well, if it's not doing anything to better your life, mm-hmm. like, I can't really tell you anything that DMT's necessarily done for my life mm-hmm. other than made it way more interesting. But outside of that, it's not like mushrooms or MDMA mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that were really these mm-hmm. life lessons that were very changing and mm-hmm. everything. So now talking to you, I'm like, oh, maybe I got to try the well, five I mean, I eventually. do have... <laughs> One, once I'm... <laughs> sure that i'm my feet are on the ground firmly and mm, right all of that. yeah <laughs> good good point um the well i do have friends that have had like they've met like entities in that space that have like told them to do kundalini yoga or like taught them mudras and like yoga breathing and stuff so like and they like got a lot out of that because like my friend and i did kundalini yoga teacher training together and like it's really improved her life. Mm. So, you know. I'm, when I ask DMT yeah. what it wants me to do, it just says that it wants me to put everything, like explain it to people. Well, uh, so you're doing to get it. more people to, <laughs> to do it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. I remember it's the first like, time it started saying that, I was like, explain what? Exactly. Like, <laughs> put what into words? I have no idea what that <laughs> was. There aren't words for that. And then. But I've tasked myself with <laughs> with figuring out how to articulate those yeah. experiences. Just weird. It's totally weird, and I, I still feel like I mean, it, looking at artwork, I still haven't found any artwork that looks like quite exactly like what I see. Mm. But I don't know. I kind of usually get it to sort of a similar place mm-hmm. that's not all that expansive. It's like I go into this like white black checkerboarded box with like entities sort of like hmm. that will just sort of come in and kind of like look at me like i should be understanding what they're communicating and i just don't hmm. and then i'm like i feel weird like i feel like i shouldn't be here <laughs> i to me it is nothing is more clear or more real hmm. when i'm there hmm. like this this world seems much more confusing hmm. than that world hmm. does to me hmm. yeah fascinating real clarity there yeah, yeah. huh yeah, I feel like I should go back in at some point again. But <laughs> I just haven't. <laughs> well, we have we have many years. Yeah, I got uh, I got time. <laughs> so, well, uh, but I mean, my main thing, you know, like whatever. It's I mean, at at the core, my like my, the scientist part of me is still very active, and like it irritates me or like irks me or whatever to no end that that we can't do more research on this stuff right. like it's probably one of the more interesting things that we can do research on and to say that we like that the government won't give us because that you know all the all the research has been doing done right now it's been done through private funding 
Mm-hmm. You know, anything on Schedule One is not funded by the government right now. So, um, so to not be able to get more funding to be able to do research on this stuff, like that's what irritates me the most. Like, mm-hmm. let's find figure out the safety stuff around this stuff. Let's figure out what this can be helpful for because it's clearly helpful for a lot of things. You know, and there's like a lot of anecdotal material, which is not necessarily data per se, but it it's at least pointing in some direction that we can explore more in and could be very beneficial, you know, in the right context. Yeah, I I don't uh I don't see a whole lot of I don't understand what the disadvantage to uh, descheduling it and having more uh, research done would be. I mean, certainly in the 60s, I'm not a, I, I don't like conspiracy ish stuff, but I could at least understand if you're the establishment to not want a bunch of people that are anti establishment. Right. But now you have nothing to lose. Like nobody likes the establishment. There is <laughs> like, there is no one like on either part, no party likes the establishment anymore. <laughs> like if you're a politician, you're going to be like hated regardless and people just aren't really falling in line so much like they used to anyway so i don't i don't i I mean it's i think it's sort of like the government having to say that they were wrong about something oh yeah you know because when so when mdma you know if all things go as planned if when mdma the mdma assisted psychotherapy for the treatment of ptsd trials finish up um, what will happen? So MDMA is Schedule One right now, and it would be going to Schedule probably three, which means that it can be done under the um, supervision of a trained professional. And so that will be the first time in history that su- a Schedule One substance has come off the Schedule One list. And the definition of being on a Schedule One um, is that there is high potential for abuse and no medical value, mm-hmm. which even by those like definitions like psychedelics don't like fall into both of those categories because like there's hundreds and hundreds of papers written on this you know psychoactive effects of lsd and their helpfulness in psychiatry you know so and psychedelics breaking addiction yeah and all sorts of things and so um there clearly is medical value and it's already established in the in the literature you know um it's just uh you know, it's very, it's, it's kind of disturbing. It's like, it's very easy to get a law put on the books. It's, and it's so much harder to get it taken mm-hmm. off. And so, um, but at this rate, I don't know, MDMA might beat cannabis and <laughs> getting off schedule one, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if we can at least start to open up these conversations around like, let's take a look, what is on the schedule one? And like, does it actually even, fall under the categories that you're saying that it falls under you know yeah they i mean they use schedule two drugs to study addiction because the right. cocaine is yeah. far more addictive and everybody knows that yeah <laughs> especially yeah. the scientific community yeah. knows that this is a highly addictive drug so we use it to study addiction which also people recognize that studying addiction is a valid thing Mm-hmm. Uh, to do and an important mm-hmm. thing to mm-hmm. do and so it, none of it makes like if say mushrooms or something were like really addictive which yeah. is absolutely preposterous uh but if they were then like that would be you know great we'll we'll use mushrooms to study addiction right because yeah studying addiction is important. important right well and it's sort of interesting too i mean in the in when you think about like kind of the how psychology was really focused on like pathology for a little, like, and now there's like I don't know. I saw the movie um, 
Happy. There's a documentary series called Happy. Or not series. Um, docu- it's just, yeah, I saw that. But yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's super uh, fun. Have you seen Happy People, speaking of? Uh, uh, speaking of documentaries with the word happy in it. Okay. I like any transition <laughs> or <laughs> tangent that I can go on, obviously. Anyway, it's one of my favorite documentaries. Definitely not. Well, I guess they're kind of happy. It's about this guy in Siberia that just like lives by himself and like makes his survives like he like Tundra makes his own there. like canoes out of <laughs> with, with like an axe and cutting down a tree and he just like chops it into a canoe with an, his axe and just has like a dog and it's the most amazing thing that i've ever seen wow. but uh yeah happy also a okay. good documentary it is also a good documentary um so in the movie happy they talk about you know it's like they kind of were highlighting how we've you know we're looking at uh pathology and um in the history of psychology, we're looking at a lot of pathology, but now it's like people are interested in like the psychology of happiness and like what makes good brain health, not just like what makes bad brain health. Mm. And so in the same way, like I hope that our field continues to move in that direction because like right now we use MDMA assisted psychotherapy for the treatment of PTSD because PTSD is a, you know, DSM, you know, Mm -hmm. diagnosis. Um, Whereas MDMA, I mean, when it was before it went illegal and it was being used um, by psychiatr or by psychologists and therapists, was by um, was for couples therapy. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in this like really heart open space, then you're connecting to your partner and you're working through stuff and. Um, which was like one of was a super helpful beneficial use of it. But the thing is that like there's no diagnosis for a bad marriage. So you can't prescribe MDMA assisted psychotherapy for people for their marriage because that's not a diagnosable issue. So I'm hoping that like, you know, as we start to rethink like psychological health and not just treating the people that are, you know, like full on sick, but like how do we optimize life how do we how do we live life to its fullest not just get back to like surviving yeah oh, absolutely yeah that's the point i try to make as well i mean they've, they've been psychedelics have been wonderful for my uh depression issues mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but also they've been a fantastic creative aid yeah. uh, and and as I said, fill, has filled up kind of the passion reservoir for me mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. draw from. And, uh, and especially with like microdosing in Silicon Valley and all that, uh, that's part of me is like, it feels like icky to me. It's like, <laughs> you can use psychedelics to be more efficient. Right. Uh, I know. Like, that's just uh, fueling the problem, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but, but. But if whatever, I guess if it's like another, but, but that's, that's like certainly something that is like a sellable, like, oh, we can increase productivity. Yeah. But, but what we are going to need to increase is human ingenuity. I think now more than ever, maybe everyone's felt this way, uh, through, yeah. throughout history. Mm. Uh, but it just seems like more of a daunting task with, uh, robots and artificial intelligence kind of taking over all, all the kind of mundane and repetitive, mm. uh, tasks that we, I think that, uh, that we need our creativity mm. more than, uh, more than we have, uh, since the industrial revolution anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, cause it, as people take, as those jobs get taken over by machines, then it like 
allows people to stop having to act like robots. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like in, during the Industrial Revolution, it's like, okay, you're packing cans, yeah. you know, and it's like, that's... You just got to do that for yeah, 12 hours. Yeah, forever. And it's, that's not like, that's... <laughs> It's a hard way to live. Well, I think that's why I like speed and things like that. We're such a, <laughs> uh, we're such a, I mean, that's why people, I think, are obsessed with coffee. Yeah. And yeah. And then it's our, when you our get regulated done with work, you can forget in. that that 12 hours just right. happened by drowning yourself in alcohol. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, uh, I, I think it's possible that humans kind of find uh, the, the self medicating that, suits them for certain uh, uh, situations and environmental needs sometimes. I don't know how much of that is true. I mean, certainly, yeah, now that I'm saying it, I guess it's it's not like when Viagra t- took off, it was because there was some great need for <laughs> <laughs> for harder penises. But uh, <laughs> so so maybe I'm like uh, over... Uh, overanalyzing meaning uh, here. But, it, but I do... I don't know. I I do when I look at you know like cocaine being popular for mm-hmm, example. Mm-hmm. This was still a time that rewarded, you know, like you you work 12 hours and you're fast paced and be as fast as you can. Right. Fast 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 fast. And uh and I think the world is changing so much that now these precision based or repetitive tasks mm-hmm. and every it, like I mean I think it's a big part of why meth took off is because you had to be in this factory for longer and longer mm-hmm. hours doing repetitive things or drive a truck mm-hmm. for example right. for 12 hours mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. driving off the road right whereas as those occupations go away um mm-hmm. there's gonna be like i i mean it might be that artists are <laughs> somehow going to have the most secure <laughs> employment futures, which will be so weird. <laughs> Except that everyone, if everyone's an artist, then like, then you can't sell your art. <laughs> right, <laughs> Maybe not. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I have to wonder like if um, sort of, if we get to a point where all of our needs are taken care of, like what would you do with your time? And so like the things that, I mean, not that I'm, and I'm kind of already doing these things, but the things that really come to mind for me is like either creativity or exploration. Mm. And so it can be exploration like on the planet or through science or through your own inner world or creativity, which is sort of like, okay, the outward expression of that exploration. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, well, if I didn't have um, financial uh, needs, Mm -hmm. um, I would be doing less club work, performing mm-hmm. uh just kind of like base level material which was like fine at one point when i was still learning mm-hmm. what uh, the mechanics of a joke and how mm-hmm. to deliver things mm-hmm. on stage mm-hmm. i've just kind of moved past it mm-hmm. and it's like great for people that are still coming up and everything but if i didn't need the money i would be doing lots more independent shows doing like creative themed shows mm-hmm. and that sort of thing mm-hmm. i'd be doing I, i'd be putting more work into uh, more documentary projects and putting more effort into this podcast. Mm-hmm, All mm-hmm. these things that don't pay the bills as much as club work happens right. to pay me right now. So, so it, again, I think that might be, and, and I don't think that doing, um, club work makes me like a more 
valuable contributor mm. to society mm. than say doing more of these podcasts mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. so so it might be when people are freed up to take some more chances and yeah. do the, that that they their actual worth in society might actually increase a, a little bit mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there might be i think right now we're just kind of i don't know consuming a bunch of like bland nonsense that we don't need and i don't know who knows but i'm just hoping that we're all going to be wearing bird costumes uh and watching ocean life documentaries well um well on mushrooms very soon i feel like i i kind of do that pretty regularly actually (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah you can do that burning man and one of my favorite ways to end like a trip at home is to like we watch nature documentaries and Me just too. like get wowed by nature. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's so cool. I love nature. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ashley, for joining me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun to chat. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and listeners, please make sure and check out the Aware Project and all of the other wonderful uh, projects that Ashley mentioned, which will also be on the Here We Are podcast.com. Actually, just uh, it's now been a half hour, so why don't you just run down the list of all your plugs one more time? Sure. I love shamelessly plugging. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, it's awareproject.org and innerspaceintegration.com. Terrific. Great. And thank you, listeners, for being such wonderful, curious people. I'll talk with you next week. Alrighty, next week on the show, this is supposed to be a couple weeks ago, Teresa Glom talking about organizational management, some of the psychology behind uh, how to make a better workplace for all. Um, this was an episode that was supposed to be out a couple weeks ago, but we had to, uh, we had to bump up um, a couple guests just because sometimes people have events and things like that that they have to plug and uh, so things get switched around a little bit here and there. Probably doesn't uh, make one bit of difference to you guys whatsoever. But just in case any of you are like, what in the world happened to that episode about organizational management? You promised us. Um, like you've been screaming for two months straight, just furious. Um, so that's, that's what happened there. I have, uh, I have a bunch of shows coming up this July. I'm super happy with where my current stand-up act is at. Man, I, about nine months ago, my regular old club act, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't know what I wanted to say. Uh, I didn't know, um, that I really cared about doing regular old stand-up anymore and, you know, I was just going through a lot of crap, and I just wasn't happy with, uh, I wasn't happy with my life or any of my material or anything else. And and since that time, things have been turning around. Hopefully, at last, uh, you know, might might be getting slammed right back down to the the bottom of the abyss one of these days, uh, out of nowhere. Who knows? But right now, things are. Feeling good, kind of clicking into place. Pretty happy with the old club set. Figuring out exactly what I'm gonna do to it uh, with it. Am I gonna like try to make another theme show out of it and take it around the world? And do uh do that sort of. I don't know. I I can't figure it out. 
Um, but at the time being, I'm just happy. Uh, I just have so many other things with the documentary and uh, other stuff like that that are uh, all up in the air right now, but kind of very close to coming into fruition. So um, just trying to be patient. Uh, so yeah, if you do want to see me, I'll be... I got my high school reunion, 20-year high school reunion coming up. Um, I got, uh, let's see, I have, uh, so that's Lacrosse, Wisconsin. I'm doing a show with Nona, Minnesota. I'm also doing a couple shows there. I'm doing uh, Pittsburgh. There's a psychedelic conference happening that they're having me do some stuff at. I'm not sure because I think I'm doing a good trip there and maybe talk about dmt i don't know if i'm moderating panel or anything i don't i don't know what all they're gonna have me do i also along that same trip i'm stopping through youngstown ohio i'm i'm stopping through cleveland doing the wonderful club hilarities again on a wednesday night so you can catch me one night only there i have uh i have some stuff booked uh, like sarasota florida and uh, Miami, Florida. I, I keep on kind of, I think I, uh, you know, I've been trying to put together a UK tour for a while. I almost, we were on the fence. It was just a day where we had to say yes or no on a UK tour. Um, and the things that were lined up were just simply not that great. It was just a lot of short spot. You know, it was, it would have been a nice little, introductory tour um to kind of i haven't been to the uk in a while but to get around and do cities that i haven't been to and and all that kind of stuff uh would have been would have been terrific but i was worried i was gonna lose money on the whole thing and i'm just not in a place right now where i can i don't have anything left to invest in anything i've i've put a whole bunch of uh and last year was a big investment year for me and uh i think some of those seeds are sprouting maybe maybe even some of the plants are are beginning to fruit a little bit um but until that happens i uh i just unfortunately can't take a chance right now so uk stuff is a bummer i just had to say i just had to put it on hold and and maybe wait until 2000 19 now so hopefully i'll get over uh then it was just uh yeah i I thought i was gonna maybe do like a good trip tour over there and and line up a bunch of cool venues but um all they're putting me on was just to do like a 20 minute spot here and there and there's just not enough money to be made from doing that to justify um a trip for to do uh 20 minutes on a Friday and a Saturday and then find a place to crash or whatever for the rest of the week. So still figuring that out. Still, um, uh, you know, let's, uh, still get there. Still, still planning on making some UK trips. Would really love to and, and look forward to it eventually, but I'm going to keep plugging away. We're going to be doing a lot of U S stuff that I'll be filling in now. And don't forget Jamaica, December in the beginning of December, Michael Meditations doing uh, another psilocybin retreat. It's going to be 
a wonderful time and it's going to start filling up fast. I believe all of the other retreats up until that time are like nearing sold out. So pretty soon there's going to be flow over just from the general population wanting in on uh, the here we are retreat. So please, if if you're thinking about it at all, at least get the ball rolling and inquire just so just so it can be our um our special little uh little retreat i I think my girlfriend's gonna be there with me too i believe um my uh assistant and her boyfriend might be there and so if you're in a couple might be fun couple situation um otherwise it's it's gonna be like if you're we had a lot of uh a lot of guys there last time and so worried that that um, you know, females are worried about going to a country all on their own and whatnot. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of um, uh, ladies there as well. If you're a female listening to this, you can hang out with uh, with my girlfriend and um, and my friend Rihanna. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be fan. Fantastic! If you've never done psilocybin before and you're wanting to do it in the right environment and everything else, this is a fantastic time. It's a beautiful beach paradise. We gobble a bunch of mushrooms and all sit around and integrate and, and talk through our our lives and our issues and the, and the wonderful things in life as well. So it's great. Um, I hope to see you there and I hope uh, to talk to you guys again next week those of you that listen all the way to the end you are of course my favorite